Welcome back to the Prophet's Voice podcast. I'm excited to be here in the studio with Original Purpose and Intent Media Productions, Ope Media Productions, Marcus Mooney. Marcus, say hey in the Hey, house. hey, hey. How's everybody? All right. As well as, of course, y'all know the butter on my biscuits and the syrup on my pancakes, the hot sauce on my fried chicken. Over to my left here, or over to my right, is Elder Elliot Cohen, my husband of 28 years now, 31 years together. Say, hey, Elliot. Hey, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, but we're excited to be back. I know, I, I guess you have had a Merry Christmas. I'm trusting that you did, that you enjoyed family and friends. If it was a moment where you were reminiscing about someone that was no longer with you, I trust that the peace of God went with you through that process. We are excited to be back. We are still talking yes. about real life, real time, real talk with a very real God. I'm Elder Gwen. Cohen, and you have tuned in to The Prophet's Voice, where we believe in bringing your purpose to life. You can reach us at www.theprophetsvoice.net or reach out at info at theprophetsvoice.net. We want to hear your questions, your feedback about the podcast, about what you think that it is we're doing. Also want to let you know, we have a Power of Purpose Masterclass. We've mentioned it before, but now we're at a new time and new format. We have gone down now to one day, one day a week. We are starting in in January, beginning January 11th, one day a week, you can tune, you can come and join RSVP on the website to our Power of Purpose Masterclass. Only one night, an hour and a half, 90 minutes, and I promise you, your life will be transformed. We are on chapter 11 of Real Life, Real Time, Real Talk with a Very Real God, and the chapter says... What else do you want? That was a what question else? that I had for God. What else do you want? I'm going to get Marcus to start out reading the first couple of paragraphs for I me, Marcus. You. Yes, ma'am. Right? Yes, ma'am. How do you describe feeling empty? All I know is it's like you're all tapped out. Yes. Your energy is gone. Your passion is gone. Your enthusiasm is gone. The one thing you love to do, crave to do, wanted to do now makes you physically ill just thinking about it. Mm. Yet to not do it is even worse, even when you're running on empty. That's right. Yes. This was an exciting season to see us. You would think all was going exceptionally well, yet slowly I was unraveling. I was. While all appeared to be well on the outside, I was a total wreck internally. I was. I had everything I needed. God has blessed us in so many ways. The television show was going well. The ministry was fruitful. Money was plentiful. The family was terrific. Marriage was exciting. And life was beautiful, or so it seemed. Yet... I had come to a place of inner turmoil I had never experienced before. And quite frankly, it frightened me. True, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. I get that. But before you judge, hear me out. I want to say this. Is there anybody out there that probably has experienced that where it looks like everything's going on oh my well on the outside, but Ooh. internally it's like you're breaking up, you're breaking down, yes. you're breaking out. You're not sure what's happening. Yes. And this was a space that I was in and I really was having a moment with God. I was saying, okay, wait a minute. I'm not sure what's going on. I just feel like 
everything in me was gone. Yes. While outwardly it looked like everything was all together, I felt like um, I was a walking, the walking dead. Mm. I felt like the walking dead, like I'm walking around and people don't even see that everything in me is gone. Wow. I don't, I, I'm faking it, as they say, yeah, to make fake, it. Faking it to make faking it. Faking it to make it. I'm smiling when I'm crying on the inside. I'm laughing when I really want to be screaming at the top of my lungs. Yes. I wonder if there's anybody out there that's felt that way. Marcus, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, one thing that I did notice as I continued to grow and mature, mm-hmm. particularly amongst the body of believers, is that spiritual camouflage is a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, People would throw the spiritual camo on. And then I got to a place where I was throwing it on myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally fatigued. <laughs> you know, right, fatigue. Was, was wearing fatigues because I was f- very much tired, right. but I had to put on. So I, you wear fatigues on. while you were fatigued. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I had to put on. I had to put on the whole spiritual camouflage and make it seem like everything is good. Oh, blessed and highly favored, and all that good oh, stuff. Oh yes. But inside, my goodness. Oh yes. Isn't that what we say? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored, empowered <laughs> to prosper, all that good stuff. How's it going? It's oh, I'm good. God is good, and knowing full well we are mad at God. We upset with God. Oh, we yeah. upset with every. We're upset with everybody that's around us. We're mad at the family, mad at the kids, mad at the spouse, mad at the partner. We mad at everybody. Mad, mad at everybody. But we blessed and highly favored. <laughs> that's right. So I kept, as it says, I kept going and going and going like the battery bunny on TV. I just kept going. Sometimes we can become more addicted to the work of ministry. Oh wow! Wow! Than rather than embracing the God of the work. And my focus became the work instead of God. My emphasis was about what I was doing, not who had given me the ability to do it. Come my on, goodness. somebody. Come on now. My concentration shifted from who to what. I forgot my doing was centered on him. I ignored the truth. The work was his work and not mine. Nothing I was able to do was a result of me. It was the response of him. How many times have we done that? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So while it appeared I had things under control on the outside, it felt so out of control inside at any moment. I was dropping all these balls. I seemed to have balanced in the air and each of them was going to fall on me hard. Let me be clear. What was happening to me was because of me. What? My instability. Come on, y'all. Come on now. Ah, you know I'm not going to make it about anybody else. No blame game here. What my instability spiritually and emotionally was no one's fault except mine. During this period, I had genuinely poured out. I'd given resources, finances, time, and energy to ministry. I had allowed myself to get depleted and drained. My doing was my undoing. Wow. During this progress, I failed to replenish and restore my inner man, my spirit. Yes, some on somebody. Huh? My spirit was on empty. Yes. Mm, I was yes. trying to drive that car. You know? And the light was blinking. Huh? Beep, beep, <laughs> beep. You know, there's a point where the light will kind of let you know. Right, right, right. Then it'll blink a little more. But then there's one point where it just stays on. You can't go nowhere. It's just on. It stopped beeping. It's on. So that's what was happening to me. And wow. I say... Finally, the light begins to blink. Some newer cars will even tell you your fuel supply is running low or they'll no longer show how many miles you can travel on the console. That's right. Guess what? To run out of gas means we deliberately, we deliberately, Mm -hmm. can I say that again? On purpose. Deliberately ignored all the warning signs 
That's precisely what I did. Oh, what did you say to that, Marks? Well, I'll say this. I know uh, I have ran some cars before uh, <laughs> so far past that point that I swear I saw a message that said, if you pass one more gas station, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Huh? One more, one if more, one more, one more gas, gas station. I know God is looking at us sometime. Like if you continue to go through that one more time around that same cycle, one more time, go around that mountain one more time, one more time, one more time, one more again, as one we say, again, one more again. Right, right. You know, we got to straighten now, Eld. We got to straighten now. Oh my gosh! And and to think that we can keep going and going and mm-hmm. going without taking time to replenish, without taking time for Him to restore us. That's right. That's right. uh, to, you know, without taking time to lead us beside still waters <laughs> and to restore our soul. Oh, my souls. goodness. That's so good. Um, and we keep going and going and then we're going to fake it. And this is my this is the great part, because then I blame God for it. Oh, wow. Of course. Yes, I did. Of course. Yes. yes. Let me. Well, I say let me rephrase that. It was something else I blame God for, because I don't know. I know there's somebody out there that's blaming God for everything like I was. Mm-hmm. I blame God for everything. <laughs> it's easy to blame God for everything. That's right. Because when you blame God for everything. God's a spirit. He's invisible. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. You but know, I, it's crazy how we turn God into the bully. Uh, isn't that something? Right? Wow, that's good. Go there. You Go know, there for a little you know, while, know, We, we turn him into the bully like, oh, you so big, bad, that it's your fault. It's on you because you got all the power. You got all the authority. Wow. You know, but no, 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 no. That is not the posture that we should have. That's not the Why point. would you jump on your advocacy? That makes no sense. <laughs> why would you, why would you beat up, wait a minute, your investor? Huh? That's a good, that's that makes like, no sense. I'm going to go in the meeting. The investor's got the proposal. He's got millions of dollars he wants to give me. And I just start jumping on him, beating him up and blaming him because I'm tired <laughs> because I didn't go to bed on time before the meeting. Oh anyway. my goodness. Go ahead. I'm okay. sorry. I had to throw that. So that's good. That's precisely what I did. Then I, I blamed God. Well, I blamed, it was something else I blamed God for. God, you gave me all this to do and I'm tired. I know there's somebody out here who said this. God, you placed this anointing on me and I'm all tapped out. Mm. God, you gave me all these assignments and now I'm exhausted. It was God's fault. It was God's culpability. This is on you, God. This is on you. Mm. What else huh? do you want, huh? God? Because <laughs> right now there's nothing left. And God spoke, mm, spending time with me prepares you to spend time representing me. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. I love that. I, I, <laughs> spending time I with me. absolutely love that. Prepares you to spend time representing, representing me. me. That's so good. I said, well, duh, like you said. <laughs> In other words, you need to gas up. You are running on empty. Wow, you know that that speaks uh, volumes. I love that spending time with me prepares you to spend time representing me. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Like, I love it so much that I I don't even know what I'm speechless right now. Yeah, I I really love that. Honestly, yeah. I do. That's what he said. That's what. That's why this is so cool. And I talk about real life, real time, real talk with a very real God, it's because I, one of the things that I say I believe in my intro is you can have it, but are, when you ask God the questions, you can ask him the questions, are you prepared for the answers that he's going to give you? Are you prepared for the answer? Because there's an answer he's going to give you. And the answer that he gave me for what else do you want from me was spending time with me prepares you to spend time representing me. How many of us are out here and we're representing God, but we haven't spent time with him? Mm. So then the question becomes, 
What are you representing? Mm -hmm. Who are you representing? Mm -hmm. If you haven't spent time with God, then it means perhaps what you're representing is yourself. No, that's so good. That's so good. And so you're not speaking from the voice of God or the throne room of God. You speaking from the voice of you. That you know what, Elder? That's it's funny we were talking about this too because I actually was was talking to my uh, my oldest son and uh, his cousin, a couple of his friends, my nephew, mm-hmm. we're all sitting around just having God talk. Yeah, and uh, and I told him I said the thing about it is I I consider myself a person who I have to focus on God. You yeah. know. Um, I would love to be able to give people everything that they want and some or yeah. to present myself in a way that I feel like would make everybody happy with me. Yes. Um, but that did not work. I tried it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it uh-huh. didn't work. Um, but what has worked is me understanding that in everything I do, if I just focus on representing God and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm telling you, I literally use that exact sentiment that's here. I said, if I could just focus on representing God, mm-hmm. I said, then I'm not worried about letting people down. Because I'm representing God, mm. you know, and in everything I do, guess what? I'm representing. Mm-hmm. And and guess what else? And I told my son this because, you know, I was trying to throw a couple hints at him, you know, hint, hint, <laughs> catch this. Um, when I represent God, uh-huh. I also represent my family. Yes. You know, and you represent you know, and you represent a community. Yes. You represent family. You represent a community. You represent the world. That's right. You represent the universe. When you make a point of representing God, he said, spending time with me prepares you to spend time representing, representing me. me. That's so good. All right. And it said, I this is interesting. Um, I read somewhere where a car runs out of gas. It causes a host of other problems with his vehicle. Steering and stopping get harder. Mm, you can't turn in the right direction and you can't stop when you need to. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The fuel pump and the fuel filter no longer function properly. Get the picture? Yes. When we allow ourselves to run on empty, we risk sustaining additional damage costing us. Mm, mm. And I know this, you never come out the same way once you get to a certain level of grumpiness, uh, frustration. <laughs> you, you, just, never you, you never come out the same. It's like you lose just a little bit of patience every single every time. Every single time. But imagine <laughs> you're running on empty and you're steering and you're stopping get harder. Mm. So you're running on empty and you don't know whether you're going in the right direction. Wow. You're running on empty and you need to stop and pause and you can't even stop. The brake won't even work. My goodness. Because the because it's empty. The car is empty. And then ultimately, I say, um, it, you know, we um the fuel, the filter, so mm-hmm. we can't see properly. Oh my goodness. The fuel, fuel it no longer functions. So we can't begin to see, we can't filter out what's not God. Everything's and filter clogged. In. Everything's clogged up. And then the the pump doesn't work. So that means that we can't get the energy. We we don't even have the energy to get the energy my that we need. My goodness. Um and 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 then we're going, what else do you want from me? God, I'm tired. What else do you want? Because we're blaming it on him. You know, PSA real quick for yes. all for all of those that I offended in times where I ran out of gas and I didn't think before I spoke and I, I didn't think before I acted. Please forgive me. Oh, that's Please awesome. Please forgive me. I want to say the same thing. If there was ever a time where you felt that I was been told, I've been told I've been terse and direct, mm, mm. wherever you felt I would, a time where I was insensitive to mm-hmm. you. It was probably because I was functioning on empty because I 
had not spent the time with God to be compassionate enough about what was happening to you, to be understanding enough about what was going on and to have a panoramic view of what was really happening. And so please, as we, as Marcus said, forgive him, forgive me, forgive us. Forgive us. If we have hurt you or offended you because we chose to operate on empty and we chose not to spend time with God so we could spend better time representing him well. That's right. And so I said I had to get my prayer life back on track. Mm-hmm. I had to get my study time in sync. I had to remember I need him. Marcus, you got to talk about this. Yes. I need him more than I need the work. Oh, my goodness. That is so good. That is so good. It is so real when you really think about it and you take a step back. What are we doing the work for? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you need the one you're doing it for mm-hmm. more than you need the work itself? Mm-hmm, and wouldn't mm-hmm. you want to go to the one that you're doing the work for right. to gauge it as the filter, right. you know, to make sure that you're doing the work correctly, right, that right. you're heading in the right direction? We get to a point to where we're functioning so much for God that we don't even check with God to make sure that we're doing it the right way. That's good. We're functioning for God. We don't even check in with God to make sure we're doing it the right way. It makes no sense. Yeah. And then we get mad at God when we're tired. We get mad at God when we're snappy. Mm -hmm. We get mad at God when we're we're angry and upset. And you know, Marcus, I have another uh, uh, forgiveness piece I need to say. Let's go ahead and get it out. My husband is sitting right here. Let's go ahead and get it out. to say to him, forgive me for those moments where I snapped at him and fussed at him and, and made it about him because I had not spent enough time with God to be sensitive to enough about what was happening with my husband. Wow. And so I need forgiveness on that as well. That's so good. So he's smiling, y'all. That's so he good. He say nothing, but he's smiling. <laughs> you know, I, I embarrass my wife a lot because um I, I usually end up doing things in front of other people and I tell her it's like why do you do that? I say the reason why I do that is because I want you to know I'm sincere yes. especially when yes. I have a moment where I can really apologize yes. like I know I've already apologized to you but I tell these stories like we had friends that came over and I told them how frustrated I got because I had a lack of sleep and I was trying to put together this little uh, kitchen set for our toddler <laughs> that had 3,000 screws <laughs> and so I'm sitting there trying to get this done and I'm asking my wife to help me she's not moving moving according to the blueprint that's in my mind <laughs> and I'm getting mad at her and nothing is her fault but I'm just mad I gotta get I I'm, I'm tired of being mad at the wood I gotta be mad at somebody <laughs> right and so I was just so snappy and so of course I apologized to her but then we went, when my friends came over I had to tell the story uh-huh. and I apologized again you know and she's like why do you do that? I say because I want you to know I'm for real I'm like, for real I yes. really felt bad that yes. I that I snapped on you like that yes. um, but uh, I hope that you feel like it was worth it because she's over they're having a ball with that little kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what we got while we're in the, while we're doing this and I think it's important that we do this I have to apologize to my children and yes. and, and to George and Shavana and to my grandchildren and to James Anthony Yamina little George and to my <laughs> great granddaughter Adora because they are often around me when I'm preparing uh, to minister or when I'm preparing to do whatever it is that God has intended for me to do. And sometimes I can be snappy, you yeah, know, yeah. and um, I have to say, I am sorry. I got to spend more time with God so that I'm more sensitive prophetically because it is the prophet's voice. That's right. And I operate the prophetic anointing so I can be more sensitive to what is happening in your lives. 
That's because good. our lives are all intertwined and they all, you all carry this apostolic prophetic anointing. You all carry this mantle and you will continue it. My That's granddaughter right. has asked to have the prophet's voice and to make sure that it's set up so that she can have it. And so I have to make sure that we set the stage and let people know that when you're saying to God, what else do you want? You have to ask, what is your motive for asking him? What else does he want? Is it because you have not spent what he wants is us to spend time with him. What he wanted was me to become more intentional about discerning what was good yes. and discerning what was God. That's so good. And some things I took on weren't God things. They were good things, but they weren't God things. You got to ask yourself, God, is this an assignment that you want me to take on? Is this an assignment you want? I have to tell you all, and I probably got to write this as a book, is the Lord <laughs> said to me, Gwen, you have scars from battles I never told you to fight. Oh my goodness. And I Ooh. said, wow. When I, I was like, what? What? I said, Lord, I'm tired. He said, yeah, but you got scars from battles. I never anointed you to fight. Yes. You stepped into a battle that was not yours to fight. You know, and that's so good. In that, in that good. Go ahead, Marcus. Tell you, me what you, you know, think. Well, the quick thought really quickly, you know, uh, my pastor, shout out to Pastor Ricky McClooney. He taught us uh, a lesson one time when we were in youth Bible study mm-hmm. and uh, it was don't fight unnecessary battles. Mm. And that thing spoke to me. So, I mean, it resonated like right away. Now, what I proceeded to do was go out and continue to fight unnecessary <laughs> battles. Exactly what I did. Right. And I woke up one day realizing that I was not applying that message that was that God. I mean, he so profoundly dropped right in my lap. He's uh-huh. like, stop it. Stop it. Uh, it's unnecessary. And the reason why you find yourself in it is because you don't consult me first. I I would make the mistake of running into a battle and then calling God as my cavalry. Oh, that's it. He said, no, 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 no. You got it backwards. <laughs> You're supposed to ask me to go in first to see if you even need to be a part of Come it. on, Marcus. Because there are many things that I'll go in, handle whatever need to be handled and tell you, you don't need to go down that Wait road. Wait a minute. Wait, listen, listen, you made me think about, and we got time, you made me think about Jehoshaphat. You made me think about it because we talk about Jehoshaphat, the battle is not yours, it's, it's the, the Lord's, Lord's. right? Uh-huh. But what we don't remember, what we don't talk about is the fact that it took them three days to get the spoils. <laughs> and so, it, you know, um, and I, I have this saying where I, I've taught, don't run from the battle. I have a t-shirt. Hey, mm-hmm. y'all, I got a t-shirt out there. Don't run <laughs> from the battle or you'll lose the spoils. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, they... They sent God first. That's they were right. the praisers and the worshipers. Amen. The Levites went first. The That's Levites right. went first. And so all the praise and worshipers went first. So God went first. That's right. And when God went first, they were able to get the spoils. Took them three days to get everything. It, and the whole nation had to go. Listen now. <laughs> the whole nation. So you talking several, you talking a million folk. On going to the battle and it's taking them and y'all Bible scholars out there, you can email me and correct me and all of that. Um, <laughs> but my point I'm making is, is that you had all of these people going and it took all of them to get the spoils from the enemy. Wow. Because what happened was in those times when they were battling, the king, whoever the king was, would bring all of his wealth because many of the soldiers were mercenaries. Yeah. And so they had to pay the mercenaries who fought for them if they lived through the battle 
afterwards. That's right. But then whatever, but what would happen is whoever won the battle got everybody's stuff. That's right. <laughs> so what I need to do is make sure you're right. I want the sports. So I got to make sure that I say, God, is this a battle that I need that, to be that in? That I need to be in. Or is this a battle that I just need to show up and get the spoils from? Oh, my goodness. I love that. But I that's the space I was in. And listen, I said, I decided to shift the focus back to him. I had to take my time with him back because the work can't happen without him anyway. That's so good. That's so good. Close us out, Marcus. We I got mean, six minutes. Go on, close us out here. Listen, what is the point of the work without him anyway? That's right. What is the point of the work? Um, I, I think we do ourselves a disservice uh-huh. when we get so wrapped up in trying to please a God that he says without faith. It's impossible to please me. Yeah. So yeah. I need you to exercise your faith. The only way that we can really do that the way that we should is by getting with God. We have mm-hmm. to spend that time with him. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have to get that okay from him mm-hmm. with everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm getting to the point now. Wake up, I'm talking to him. Mm-hmm. O- on the way to work, I'm talking to him. Mm-hmm. At work, I'm talking to him. Mm-hmm. On the way home, I'm talking to him. Mm-hmm. Why? I got to stay in constant communication mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he's got to let me know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's right. You're absolutely right. I am excited about you all joining us. Marcus, I'm going to. Uh, throw the ball back to you and have you do our call to discipleship on our line today. We want to make sure that if you're at that place where you are spent, where you're just tired, where you don't have any energy, it's a little different today, um, where you don't feel like you can make it, what we're going to ask you to do is to recommit yourself to God and say, God, I have to be intentional about, I got to spend time with you so that I can spend time representing you. I got to make sure that what I'm being asked to do, you have ordained and sanctioned and mantled me to do. Marcus, I'm going to put that ball in your court and we'll close out. The beautiful thing about it is God is not hiding from us. Mm. As a matter of fact, he wants a relationship with you. No matter where you are in life, no matter what's going on in your life, uh, you know, none of us have all the answers. I promise you, there's not a soul out there. I don't care how many Ferraris they drive. I don't care how big their house is. I don't care uh, how much they seem like everything is just peaches and cream. We all need God. Mm. And he is standing at the door of your heart. He's knocking. And this is your opportunity to let him in. I promise you, it'll be the best decision that you ever made in your life. Life is beautiful when you have the life giver, the maker and creator Mm -hmm. as the stage, as the foundation for everything that you do. And this is your moment. All you have to do is invite him into your life. Tell him to come into your heart. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for all of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross, that you resurrected, that you came back to life just for me, Mm -hmm. that you went through all the torture and all the things that maybe you've heard about. And if not, trust me, there's several places that you can go where God will connect you so that you can get all of those little nuances. But the main thing is you allowing him to come into your heart Mm -hmm. because he's knocking and he wants to come in. He loves you. I mean, more than anybody or anything could ever love you. He loves you Mm -hmm. and he wants to love you more intimately. But the only way that he can do it because he's such a perfect gentleman even though he created all of us and all of this, mm-hmm. he can do whatever he wants, but he's such a perfect gentleman that he's standing there saying, I won't come in unless I'm invited. So let him in. And if you have 
accepted that invitation. If you say, God, come on in, Jesus, come on in. I promise you today marks the first day of the rest of your life and the best of your life. And he is going to be there for you. He's going to groom and nurture you in that relationship. And I promise you're going to look back and say, man, I'm so glad that I listened to that podcast. And it wasn't even about those people. It was about an, a, an assignment mm-hmm. from God because he wanted to connect with me. And now that connection is there and it'll never be broken. As long as you are willing, he is willing. Awesome. We are excited that you joined us tonight. I hope you heard Marcus and heard him very clearly to recognize that there is one that loves you more than anyone else could ever love you and that you will take the opportunity to um, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yes. We are excited that you joined us for The Prophet's Voice. Uh, We are here about the business of bringing your purpose to life. Yes. You can hit us up at www.theprophetsvoice.net or you can email us at info at theprophetsvoice.net. Once again, we are excited that you joined us and we look forward to you tuning in to our next podcast. We know that God does have a word for you. Yes. And we know he's about the business of bringing your purpose to life. I'm Elder Gwen Cohen. This is Marcus Mooney with uh, Original Purpose and Intent Media Productions and Elder Elliot Cohen, who stands right here and is a viable force, y'all, yes. in this studio. On behalf of all of us, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.